This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. Corinthians chapter 5, our heavenly dwelling. Now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent we groan and are burdened, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now it is God who made us for this very purpose and has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due to him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. It's worth um, just starting off this morning by, um, we're going to talk about, a little bit about love. Um, But it's worth mentioning brotherly love, um, just before we carry on. I, um, Kevin's bought a new shed, a metal shed. And on Saturday morning, I saw this uh, Instagram or whatever it was kind of update to say, this is what I've bought. And I thought, that that's a two-man job. Um, so I thought, you know, out of the kindness of brotherly love, Nobody? Nothing? Anyway, I, I made my way over to workshop and I, I got there and, and Kev was like, oh, I'm so pleased, yeah, there's no way I could have done it by myself. I was like, you're right. <laughs> anyway, we, we're working away and doing what we're doing and, and it's sharp. I mean, really sharp. The edges of the shed are they're, they're lethal. Anyway, Kev cut his hand, um, what can only be described as a graze. And for the best part of an hour, all I heard was, ah, yeah, oh. Pretty much, you've you've got got yourselves there. If you don't know Kev, Kev, give everybody a wave, just so that everybody knows, okay. (laughs) So so then, you know, as as time passes by, I'm like, oh, you'll be all right, Kev, don't worry about it. You know, I've, I've put up with it, to be honest. You'll be all right, mate. It's only a bit of blood. You'll be okay. Then as I'm walking out of the shed, the shed decides to shave me. I hit my head on the top of the shed, and I thought, that hurt. <laughs> anyway, I, I moved my hand, and there was no blood, but there was a whole lot of hair. I thought, that's not good at all. I put my hand back on my head as though to stick the hair back in place. <laughs> And I walked round to Kev and I said, I've just hit my head. He said, I wondered what that noise were. Mm. And I went, I, went I, think it's, I think it's bad. Anyway, I moved my hand and I was bleeding. He had a look, and I'm not kidding, for a good five minutes, he laughed uncontrollably. <laughs> this, is the kind of thing, this is the kind of thing as brothers that you have to put up with. Um, but anyway, you know, if you do want to see the pictures, just see me after. 
I'll be, I'll be happy to share them with you. But we, we got on and we did all right and we, you know, we managed to get the shed up. The reason that I mention that is, as we're going to have a look at the story um, as we continue through this 2 Corinthians chapter 5, um, what Paul's going to do, he's going to tell us about love and he's going to tell us that there are things that we should be doing because of what has been done for us. And that really is where we're going to head. Now, you'll remember last week we uh, did verses 1 through 5 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Um, so that was week one. And we begin this week with a therefore in verse six. What is the therefore, therefore? You have to ask that question. Just in case you didn't know, what is the therefore, therefore? Um, and in case we missed uh, the first five, five verses, um, they're particularly the therefore is there for those, but also it is really there for verse five. And it says this, now it is God who has made us for this very purpose and has given us the spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. So verse, uh, the therefore is there for verse 5 to say that we, as Christians, as we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. That's our guarantee, our deposit for our inheritance. We've already got it, but what's to come when this shell drops to pieces and hair starts to fall out and all those sorts of things. But more than that, also the Holy Spirit is our counsellor, our guide, on this walk to glory here on earth, okay? And the Holy Spirit is our focus here as Paul is again going to remind us what we are and what we're here for now. The truth is, church, that as we put our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have received life. The Bible says that outside of Christ, we don't even know what life is But as we accept Christ as saviour, then we understand what life is and he gives us the opportunity to live life to its fullest measure. And that's all because of Jesus' death, burial and resurrection. He tells us, um, if you've got your Bibles, uh, to turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4 through 6. Um, He tells us this, just have a listen to, uh, to these verses. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So Paul's saying to us, look, this is who we now are. If we've accepted Christ as Savior, we have received the the spirit that is available to those that do such a thing. And also then we have this one hope that we're looking forward to, this new heaven, this new earth, we're looking forward to spending eternity in glory with our Heavenly Father. Amen? Wow. You're almost with me this morning, because I felt like that was an introduction. So if I don't get anything now, we've had it. All right? Um, So, well, let's just try and understand then. Now we know who we are, we're sure of who we are, and what we all have, those of us that are in Christ... What we've got to do now then is push on through these verses that we're going through in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Paul draws our thoughts again to what our focus is. And we mentioned that last week. Who, what are we serving? And that's a really big challenge for us. Because we know what the Sunday answer is, but it's what the Monday answer is. And Lowell told me yesterday... Um, 
there are certain people in this world that look forward to a Monday. Those that are retired. But for the rest of us, Monday is what Monday is. But the, the Lord tells us here, or Paul tells us here, um, through what the Lord is directing him to say, he's saying, what's our focus? And he's drawn us to that. And particularly now in these verses, um, he, he draws us to just think um, what our desires are, what we are called to do. Um, is, and I guess really when we look at these verses and as we're going to start to unlock them, the Lord wants nothing more of us than to serve him. Um, sometimes we can overcomplicate that. Um, and we can make, make it something that it was never meant to be. Um, but the Lord wants us to love him, and he wants us to serve him. And the only way that we can serve him is if we love him, because you can't serve him otherwise. It's impossible. I have to love him in order to serve him. I have to know what that love is that I've received in order to give my all to him. Um, and really, as we see then, as Paul sort of um, says to us that, in verse 6, look, therefore, we're always confident and know that as long as we're at home in the body, we're away from the Lord. Um, he says we live by faith and not by sight. He says we're confident, I say, and I would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. He, you know, he knows who he is. We know who we are as we've put our faith and our trust in Christ. But that doesn't mean we sit and we bask in it. Or sure, we get to enjoy it. You know, I get to enjoy that I am saved, redeemed, set free, not by anything that I could do, but by everything that Christ has done for me. And I get to sit and enjoy that, but only for a moment. Because the truth is that love should compel me to do something, to put my life into action in service to him. And this is what Paul is now just going to drill down into, that we don't sit there and bask in it, but rather, he says in verse 9, listen, so we make it our goal to please him. We make it our goal to please him. Whether we are at home or we're on planet Earth, we should make it our goal to please him. And just listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 15. Again, it, it should be uh, up on the screen. But John chapter 15 and verse 12 through 15, you'll know the, the chapter, the vine and the branches. But just listen to this. Jesus says this, my command is this. He says, love each other as I have loved you. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love as no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father, I've made known to you. And the question is, do we want to please God? My prayer is that the answer is yes. And the only way to please God, isn't it, is to live as Jesus did, to do as Jesus did, and to serve as Jesus did. And now when I say to you, do we want to please God, you're like, yeah, but, you know, I've got, oh, I've also got stuff to do. I'm a busy man. So yes, I want to please him, don't get me wrong, but who else is going to put the bread on the table? Now, if we want to love God and we want to serve God, 
then there are things that we have to do in order for that to come to a reality in our lives, not just something that we say. And as Christians, we can be really good at that. You know, again, the, the Pharisees, they knew the word, but they weren't living the word. And James says, doesn't he, be doers of the word. Put it into action. Don't just merely listen to it, but do what it says. But of course, when we start putting it into doing what it says, I have to see what color my shoes are and uh, everybody else's shoes, because I don't want anybody to, to possibly think that it could be anything. Don't um, see, I got distracted. Because the last thing I want you to do is, is look at see, because that's a nightmare, isn't it? Romans 5 verse 8 says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And when I put that into practice and into, into the very forefront of my mind, I know then that while I was an enemy of the cross, Jesus died for me. And I know that, you know that, as Christians, you know that. While we were enemies of the cross, Jesus died for us. And then you think to yourself, well, that's remarkable. How could I ever possibly deserve anything of that wonder and beauty? Well, you know you can't. Yet because of Christ's love, that's what he's done. Because of God's love for us, that's what he's done. And then when you start putting that into perspective, you start thinking, well, I really should do more. I really should do more. Now, you might be uh, somebody who serves as often as you possibly can. You might live out this wonderful life and you get nothing wrong. If you're anything like me, you'll get all sorts wrong and you'll know that you could do more. Because the truth is that the love of Christ compels us to serve him. And Paul goes on later to say those things. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, while we were enemies of the cross, Christ died for us. Jesus loved us enough to die in our place, to take our sin and our shame and deal with it before a holy God. So therefore, my position changes. Not only have I received the grace that is so sufficient. Not only have I received God's mercy, not only have I received life through Christ, but now, as we've just had a look in John chapter 15, Jesus is calling me friend, not servant. He's given me everything. And it would seem like, oh, I have to do because that's what I must do. But that's not what Jesus has ever said. He said, I'm treating you as friends because you are my friends. Why? Well, because I've told you what you need to do. I've, I've revealed the God, uh, God's plan to you. So therefore, I'm treating you as friends, not servants. Don't go into it thinking you've got to. And we'll get to that in just a moment. But go into it because you want to, because the love of Christ compels us to. And Paul then says to us, he calls us to live for Jesus, live like Jesus, which in turn means living by faith and not by sight. You know, that's a verse that you could look at and you could study and you could meditate on for hours and hours and hours on end. It is so beyond my comprehension. And again, you, you're more learned than I am, but, but as you read that, it's so easy to read and go, do you know what? That's absolutely how we live. <laughs> we live by faith and not by sight. Again, the Sunday answer. But the, the, the truth of that, Paul said, whatever state I'm in, I've learned to be content. You know, to learn the art of contentment, 
is that whatever God wants, then that's what it is. I don't wrestle with it. I, I can, in my own heart and my own mind, I might just ask a few questions for many a year. Because I know in my own failure, I'm like, Lord, you've, you've dropped the baton. You're doing something wrong because this does not look right. This cannot be your plan. But we know that God does not make mistakes. So if that's the case, and if that's the truth, has he got something in store for you and for me, even when it all looks bad? We live by faith, not by sight. It's difficult, isn't it? Again, the Sunday answer says, oh yeah, I get it, but let's not mess around, let's be honest with each other, because we're all human beings. And that is a hard verse to grasp. Paul says to us, live by faith, not by sight. And it doesn't mean we're blindly flailing around until something sticks. Oh, ooh, yeah, ooh, oh, you know, not that nonsense. Let's hope something, something works in a minute. But no, rather we're rooted in the word, in the word of God. We're relying on the Holy Spirit to direct us because I can't do it in my own strength. Have you ever worked that out? Philippians 4.13, again, I know the verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Try living it. It's hard. And you're not going to get that um, sort of flowered up Christianity at Hope Church. We're not going to say, oh, it's all easy and wonderful because it's nonsense. It's not. It's difficult. But we're called to live and to be rooted in the word of God, to rely on the Holy Spirit. Remember, the counselor to help us and to guide us and to teach us so that we can start putting these things into action and start living as God has called us to, to God's purpose and his plan for our lives. And it sounds really simple and really easy when you say it like that, but I know it's not, and I don't make light of it in any way, shape, or form, because I don't know what's going off in your world, as much as you don't really know what's going off in mine. But God does. And I can tell you this morning that he cares and even when we think he doesn't, even when we think he's switched off, even when we think he's definitely gone golfing, he hasn't. He cares. He is listening, he is attentive, and he is working out his plan for you. How do I know? Well, because the word of God tells me. But unless we're rooted in the word of God, well, the first thing that comes in, I'm going to be swept away because I cannot do it. Because remember, I can only do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not through Matt. It's not going to happen. Not through you, but through Christ. Amen? So as we move on then, Jesus in the garden, you'll remember, he says, not my will, but yours. And that really is the key, isn't it? He says, not my will, but yours. And that's the key for us. If we want to live by faith and not by sight, we're saying, Lord, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. I don't understand the last 10, 15 years. I don't get what you've been doing. But what I do know is that I'm better in your will than outside of it. Amen? Oh, that's tough. I'm better in your will than outside of it. Again, we looked last week, didn't we, that who do we want to rely on? Your own self or the omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent creator God? It's not even a 50-50, is it? 
are much better relying on him. So therefore, as Jesus says, not my will but yours, well, I want to declare that this morning, that that's what we want to do as his children, say, Lord, not my will but yours. And Paul here, now as he moves on in verse, uh, to the final verse of what we're going to look at this morning, um, for, in verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due to him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Here's a, here's a verse for a family service. But you see, Paul has believers in mind. We've already looked at that and we, we understood that last week. And as we're, as Christians, all to appear before this judgment seat of Christ, we have to know what this is. You see, because I know that Jesus Christ has dealt with my sin at the cross. Amen? So am I standing before God for my sin? Answer, no. Absolutely not. Jesus has done it. Dealt with. Finished. Remember, the, the Bible tells us so far is the east from the west. It's immeasurable so far as he placed our transgressions from us. It's done with. So I can't be judged for my sin because Jesus has done all of that and that's finished. But absolutely nothing to do with justification. But rather it is about what we have done for him when we've had breath in our lungs. Have I declared that Christ is my saviour? Kev mentioned it this morning. Are we brave enough to stand up for him? Or do we back down at every opportunity that's physically possible? Do we scoot around and avoid the question of, do you go to church? What are you doing on Sunday? And then meal somewhere nice, you know. Sorry, I missed the first bit. You didn't. Meal Somewhere nice, you know. <clears throat> do, we, do we scoot around at every opportunity or do we make our saviour known? And really, there's only you can answer that. I can't answer that. Only you and the Lord know. But the truth is that God has called us to something far greater than just wrapping up what we have and hiding it away from everybody. The truth is that we've received life and the best thing that we can do with life is what? Share it. We go to first aid classes, don't we, to learn first aid so that we can apply that medical first aid to somebody who is in trouble. That's why we do it. How daft would it be if I, you know, go to the first aid, I get my certificate, <clears throat> and then the first opportunity, I don't use it. Oh, well, I thought about it, but I'll be honest, it was lunchtime. And you just watch your brother bleed, you know? I won't mention it again, I'm sorry. <laughs> but you see, and this is the same for us as Christians, that we've received life, and the goal is now to share life. Don't hold it back. Share it. Tell people, love people, and call people so that they can see who your saviour is. And they can grasp who your saviour is. You know, I wondered about this when I looked at the verses. And I thought to myself, you know, is it one of those moments? You know when you stand before your maker and he says to you, So, what did you do for me? 
I remember, it took me straight back to school. And the teacher used to say, where's your homework? And I used to go, do you know what? I did it. And then there was this dog, right? <sighs> Along it came, and it chewed up my homework. So here I am now, standing before you, asking you to show me some kind of forgiveness for my ruined homework. Or, well, when I think about that, mm, that doesn't really cut it for me because God is doing this out of love and we're in a position of love. Remember, saved, redeemed, set free. Kev mentioned again this morning, unconditional love. That means it doesn't depend on me. God loves me. Remember, while I was still an enemy of the cross, while you were still an enemy of the cross, Christ died for you. So it's, it's not based out of judgment in the sense that, oh, you are, you are in a mess. But rather it's love that says, what did you do for me? How many people did you tell? How many people did you show? Because you realize the importance of it. How, how many people did you share the good news of the gospel with? How many people did you love? How many people did you put before yourself? How many neighbors did you love? How many times did you put me first? How many times did you love that person who was beyond love in a human sense? How many times did you show patience to that person? How many times did you put yourself out in order for that person to receive something that you'd worked so hard for, but it was right for you to give it to them? How many times have we done any of those things? And this is what it's born out of, that God is saying, look, I've loved you unconditionally. I don't ask you to be servants, but rather I ask you to give out of the very compulsion that everything you are is because of Christ. Everything that we have is because of him. So therefore, live for him and do what we can for him. That we don't have to do these things, but we want to do these things. And that's a really big difference. And, and now, as we sort of draw this little section to a close, and they're huge verses... And I've probably not done them justice in the short time that we've got. We find ourselves now in a position where we have to understand and we have to appreciate all that God has done for us. And how we're then going to apply that into our daily walk. It's all right, again, reading the word, but we want to be doers of the word. Do we appreciate the value of the precious blood of Christ? Do we appreciate the value of the precious blood of Christ? And if we do... Are we resting on it? And that's a question. It seems to me that there are two ways to live as a believer. Two ways to live as a Christian. The first one is this. Um, and one is right and one is wrong. I'll let you decide. The first one is this. That there is this moral Christianity that I have to for God. That's the first one. And then the second one is this, that there is a redemptive Christianity, that because of the precious blood of Christ, I am going to walk with Jesus, led by the Holy Spirit for God. There's two. We're going to arc towards the second one being the right one. That we don't just live for God in the sense that I have to, I must, if I don't, I am going to get struck down by lightning. 
That's not the God I serve. That's not the God that we read under this new covenant who says, here is my very best for the very worst of you. So it's this redemptive Christianity that with Jesus, led by the Spirit, I can live for God. And we're called to that. We don't abide by a set of rules to add to the grace of God if that were at all possible, and we know it's not. We live with Jesus, led by the Holy Spirit to God's work until we understand, I guess, until we grasp that, sorry, we'll never understand this live by faith and not by sight that Paul's talking about. We'll never get it because you can't. It's impossible. If I'm trying to do it off my own merit or trying to add to the grace that is sufficient by what I do because I have to, I'm never going to grasp this living by faith and not by sight. The Lord tells us, love God, love others. We're not here for an emotional experience. We're here because of our relationship with Christ. And that's the thing about relationships, isn't it? That they have amazing, breathtaking moments that are full of emotion. But if you are living for just those moments, the relationship will not last. Because the truth is that sometimes it gets hard. It gets tough and we have to dig in and root ourselves in the very word of God. And here at Hope, we love God. That's the declaration. We love people. That too is the declaration. So because of our relationship with Jesus, we're enabled to do just that. And we're drawn to spend time with him in the word, in prayer, in worship, and together as a church. So, we're ready to share the best, most exciting, life-giving news. Loving those around us. We're not here to make much of our own gifts and talents. Sure, we'll find them as a church and we'll nurture them and we'll use them for his service. But not for your glory or my glory, but for his. Amen? And that is what the Lord has called us to. Not my will, Jesus said but your will be done. And that is what we want the Lord to do in our lives. Not our will, Lord, but yours. Let's pray. Father, this morning we just want to thank you for this opportunity that we've had to just look into your word. Father, these are meaty verses. And I just pray, Lord God, that you would allow the word to settle on hearts. Father, for those that don't yet know you as Lord and Savior, that they might realize this love that they have, that God has given his very best for the very worst of us. But Father, too, for those of us that have put our faith and our trust in you, that Lord God, that we would see that there is so much that we can be doing for you. Father, may you call us to live our lives in your will. Father, that we might just set our gaze on you and that we might step into your purpose and plans for our lives. Lord, we thank you that we've received life through the Lord Jesus Christ and we just lift his name high this morning. And Father, again, we just thank you for all that you do for us. Lord, as we close now, as we worship together, may you just bless us, Lord. May you just help us understand all that you've done for us. May your word settle on our hearts. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' precious name.
This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.